0: In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. Welcome to Dan's Talks. My guest today is David Morris, who has been the restorer of a giant sculpture that sits beside the Mountaville Road on the way to uh, the Hamptons from the Long Island Expressway. I'm sure most people when they come out the LIE and they make that turn they uh, onto Manorville Road and then they uh, in this grand open sod farm field there is this massive sculpture and um uh it's something he originally erected uh, although he didn't design it we'll get a to talk about that and um it it sort of tells you welcome to the hamptons and uh most people consider that the first sign of their arrival out here, David. Uh, welcome to the show. Um, I wanted to um, ask you first of all about uh, how you came to originally build it because you've restored it from when you originally built it. When it was built, about twenty years ago.
1: It it, it was uh, I would say more like about probably twenty over that twenty five years at least,
0: and and. Um, you had built it from the design made by Linda Scott, your friend, and tell me about her and uh, how the two of you decided that you should make the sculpture that she had designed.
1: First of all, we had made other sculptures, monumental sculptures, and that and they were um, inspired from her trip to the Yucatan Peninsula. She had these uh, giant heads. We had them in fields uh, in Bridgehampton. She had two, uh, she called them the stargazer heads because they were heads looking to the sky. And uh, we had those and we had to take, we took them down. They were made strictly out of plywood, so they did not last.
0: Where were they in Bridgehampton?
1: They were on Butter Lane, there was two of them then i moved them over to um there was another uh uh place where uh twin trees farms oh. the winery
0: yeah what this place it's
1: yeah so anyway we uh so they were the, the, one one got hit by lightning and it got knocked over and uh, the other one got damaged it, it so I took them down, and uh, that was it. So uh, Linda was asked to uh, build the uh, stargazer, to build a sculpture at uh, OrF, And then that ended up in problems with the FAA and so forth. And so we but had to, was, to relocate it.
0: That was the driveway leading to from uh, the Daniels Hole Road up to the Animal Rescue Fund. And yes. Designed to... Overarched the entry driveway, and this was right on the approach to the East Hampton airport runway. So what happened?
1: Well, what what basically happened? The uh, there was it was a combination of many things. Uh, the town of East Hampton was uh, um, I forgot who the mayor was, but he was uh, railing against uh, public sculptures saying so and also with the faa they didn't want a sculpture that high i don't know why it was lower than the trees but it became a problem so we stored it and uh, we needed the new place to uh, exhibit the sculpture and uh, as i was driving back from new york city one time i noticed the sod fields they were open on both sides there wasn't any construction on the uh heading out east on the right there wasn't all those condos and houses and so forth there was just fields. And uh, it was exactly the place that Linda had told me your dog would bark when she was coming out. When you come over that rise, I guess the dog would smell the sea air and he'd bark, <laughs> he'd realize that he was made it to the Hamptons and so forth with all, you know, young children and everything. When you come over that hill, you see the sculpture and it, it reminds you, you here, you you have arrived. So, and also what's interesting I was trying to find out exactly where the line was uh, if uh, the stargazer was actually in Southampton town or Brookhaven town and or Riverhead. And as, as, far, as far as that is concerned, no one could give me a definitive answer. And then I finally found out it's right on the line and it's on the Brookhaven side of Eastport. Eastport split into two parts, Southampton and Brookhaven, and it's, it's part of... Uh, Eastport, and, uh, but just on the line. I oh. think the line is right there. It,
0: oh, you're coming at eight, some- so
1: we're coming. So it's really yeah. it can't wait to the Hamptons for sure.
0: Did you build it on the site or did you build it elsewhere and move it to the site?
1: What we had done is I had it. Uh, no, I moved it. it. It was in pieces and I moved it to the site. The steel was uh, fabricated in Manorville. From Trochio steel, and uh, the whole shape of the sculpture, I laid it out on the floor of their uh, fabricating facility, and they built the steel. They used the shape, that shape, and uh, built a steel to fit within the uh, shape.
0: It's really quite beautiful. It appears that a uh, be the head and shoulders of a deer. I think is most. It, it,
1: Basically, it's a head looking up to the sky. Um, Yeah, yeah. and and Linda would have had me uh, erect it without the ears, and I told her I cannot do a cut that high with the wind. We need some stabilizer, and she said, oh, wow, I'll do some ears, and that will uh, uh, help support it. And because of the ears, I have uh, large uh, footings, bell-shaped footings, so we have compression and tension, and that's what really supports it, the ears.
0: How tall does it rise up?
1: 50 feet.
0: Wow. Yeah. You sure yeah. Saw it. And it fell into disrepair after 20 years or so. And, and uh, what were the causes of that?
1: Um, well, basically, when we first, uh, you know, because of uh, the budget, we were, we were looking at different ways to uh, cover it, different coverings. And uh, a friend of mine uh, who helped uh, construct it the first time, a gentleman by the name of George Kafori knew uh, Eddie Churro's stucco of the Hamptons. And that's when the uh, drive-it first came out. That's a uh, synthetic stucco. Mm-hmm. So we used that. It was, But uh, unfortunately, that system failed, had a lot of faults in it. It, it, it was it, it was porous, and also uh, water get in. I had problems with uh, uh birds. Woodpeckers made holes in the top. Water once water get in, it <laughs> deteriorated the plywood.
0: So how did you? I mean, it's a m- massive effort. Uh, Linda uh, passed away some years ago. Yes, and uh, it must have been in this sort of disrepair at the time. She must have talked to you about fixing it.
1: We did. We repaired it. And she, um, we tried to repair it. You know, we did. We had some success and, you know, we're very thankful to the Hampton Jitney. Jeff Lynch gave, you know, donated money, you know, to keep the repairs going. But ultimately, after she passed away, it just deteriorated at a very rapid rate. Did
0: you ever consider just uh, thinking, well, that's that and take it away?
1: The the thought did cross my mind. (laughs) But but then I thought Linda would uh, haunt me if I did that. So
0: I recall um, Linda. Well, she's a beautiful woman and she was also a painter. I remember her taking me to a barn where she had her work in progress. And she was a very prolific uh, artist. She
1: she was. She's a great drafts person. she liked to draw. She, was draw she would draw every day, and uh, she would paint. And she liked painting large, also. Many of her paintings were uh, were about seven by nine, or, you know, the larger ones that were over eight feet, eight by 10. They, they were a real problem to move around. I, I don't know how many times I took door jams and doors off just to get the paintings out of the building.
0: So how did you proceed to finally get this thing rebuilt? It must have cost quite a bit of money to do it better and do it right and take some time, but also your effort and the material. How is the material different?
1: Uh, okay, well, you know, I basically stripped everything down to the steel. We, uh, we cleaned the steel, we painted it, we coated it with a special uh, rust preservative high rust preservative. Uh, then we basically built it the same way, but this time, the stucco of the Hamptons, we used the same person, Eddie Kuros, and we, uh, we added uh, drain board to it. We added, uh, you know, different layers, like three more layers to it. And then he used real stucco this particular time with uh, meshing, so.
0: What do you think it, its lifespan will be
1: this time? Uh, from what he... It, from what he told me, and similar projects he's not he has done on buildings, he thought it would go 40 to 50 years. That'd be great. Yes, I will not be around. Someone yeah. else will have to take care of it.
0: What's your background that enabled you to know how to make something this 50 foot tall stay stay up and Last even twenty years. What, what, how, were you trained to, as an as a in in, in engineering? Or... I
1: had I had gone to school for civil engineering, at Roger okay. Williams University, and uh, my uh, father had a, a construction business, and also uh, my best friend, his father was uh, had a construction business, industrial contracting. So I did quite a bit of work for them, and uh, participated in building. Glass factories, actually. So there's where, a lot. I have a lot of experience with giant footings and uh, steel. So
0: where was this? Where was the work done that you did earlier?
1: For for what's that?
0: The, uh, cons- the things you did for your your, your father and your. Oh, husband.
1: that was that was in Rhode Island. We did work in uh, we we did work in uh, uh, Connecticut, Daville, Connecticut, Knox Glass. I don't know if it exists anymore, but anyway,
0: How did you come to meet Linda? Uh,
1: that was I was involved in a, uh, a group, uh, this uh, city yoga group, and she had a friend Sheila Isham and Haywood Isham mm-hmm. and Hayward Isham, here's a former uh, ambassador.
0: Yeah you know the name.
1: And uh, he knew Linda. He was also involved with the the yoga, and uh, my ex-wife was uh, painted a, a series of murals for uh, Swami Muktananda. They were in the uh, ashram meditation hall. They were all women saints. And Linda had loved her painting. So, you know, after I was divorced, Haywood said, oh, you should meet David Morris, you know, his ex-wife. The, he was married to that woman. We well, love those giant paintings. And uh, we we met and Hayward uh, Isham introduced us. And... Uh, from then I saw her, there, there was something about her. There was a glow about her. Yeah. Her, I mean, there was just something, there was an aura around her. She was magical. And, uh, we, we just hit it off and she was, uh, and she invited me over to her house and, uh, there was something she had written on the wall, which really struck me. And it was that which you were looking for is that, which is looking, and it basically all about meditation. They said, oh, this gal has it together. <laughs>
0: Where did she live? Out here?
1: She lived out here. She had a place um, uh, south of the highway in Southampton. You know, she was part of the, the, the there's a whole group of people there that were south of the highway she was friends with. it.
0: You needed to raise the money to make this happen. How, how did that come along?
1: Uh, through you, kind of in a way, <laughs> mentioning it, you, you really helped gem- immensely with some of the articles about the stargazer and so forth. And uh, be- because we we're having a, a, a you know fundraising event and uh, a GoFundMe, some of the other people who are, have uh, uh, foundations saw it on Indian's paper and they contacted us. I
0: remember not long ago that you had a big party and one of those people presented you with a big check.
1: Yeah. We had a, like a reception at, uh, at the sculpture and, and Dr. Harvey Manis, by the way, is running for the house of representatives <laughs> and he has foundations and all kinds of things. He's very generous and very nice. And, uh, he presented me with a check for, uh, $100,000. Yeah. And then there was other people. It was the Flag Art Museum that gave me another check for 50000 and then another check for 10000 And then the whole total amount of everything with the fund rate, it came, we spent about $200,000 to erect the sculpture total.
0: That's wonderful that it's there. Now, I see signs in front of it. What do they? What does that say? I go by there so fast, I don't, can't read it. It's not a
1: it. sign. It says the... Uh, the Manus Peace Prize Foundation. And then there's the Flag Art Foundation from uh, Glenn Furman, who runs that. So we have two signs.
0: You're planning on having another party out there soon?
1: We are. On June uh, 25th, we're going to have a reception. A reception, Small reception for, you know, for uh, Harvey Manus and whoever, you know some of the donors.
0: What time, is this June 25?
1: 25, yes. You're invited. Uh, it'll, it'll be small <laughs> it's, you know, champagne and, you know, some hors d'oeuvres. What time? Ah, uh, We haven't quite figured that out. It's in the process. Okay, well. In a, it's in the works and uh, so it'll be, it'll be small, it'll be sweet. And then later, he wants to do a a fundraiser so we can get lighting and so forth and ground up lighting, but we'll have that in July sometime.
0: Oh, nice. That'll be nice, too. Well, I just want to congratulate you and tell you that you made a big difference to a lot of people who enjoy that. And uh, uh, before that, for many, many years, I think there was a predecessor to when people felt they were had left the city. And it was called the Grace's Hots. She was a woman who stole hot dogs on the, from a trailer on the side of the Manorville Road. And uh, she's gone, but this is now part two. And it's been that way for 20 years or more. And I want to thank you for being on my podcast and we'll be out there and I'll see you that time. Thanks.
1: Oh, you know, we thank you you've been so helpful you know you've been so gracious you're a perfect gentleman and you know linda linda's up there thanking you definitely (laughs) linda loves you she she thought you were the greatest by the way
0: well i thought she was too
1: yeah
0: Uh, and thanks for being on the show all righty
1: thank you dan